Hey guys, this is Robert Smart, BMX Ministry. Today's Bible message on August 14th, 2016. This is Sunday at 9 a.m. at Constitution Park. Let's start with prayer. Father God, I, we come before you and we praise you, Father. We just ask that your perfect will would be done, Father. Please speak through me. I die to myself. I pick up my cross and follow you. I'm a wicked sinner saved by grace, made into a saint by the blood of Christ, child of God, a son of God. Father God, I pray that all your children would listen. I pray that you would fall, this, these words would fall on new ears. Your Holy Spirit would go out and penetrate the heart, soften the hearts of those who are lost, and that your will would be done, that you would have them repent and put their faith in Jesus. Father, today's message Treasures in heaven. We're called by you to lay up our treasures in heaven where moth do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Father God, you are the God of all creation. You own all things. You're all powerful. You're everywhere. You're omnipresent. Father, we praise you. Commit my heart to you, my mind, my soul, my body, my strength is your. You own me. Father, I pray you speak through my vocal cords. Father, I commit, I die to myself. I commit my vocal cords, my ears, my eyes, my tongue, my mouth, my words to you, Father. Please fill me with your spirit and speak through me, Father, that those who listen will hear you speaking, not me. Father, we glorify you. We pray that in all we do, we glorify you and that we praise you and worship you and obey you and follow you and hear from you. Follow your instructions according to your perfect will. Father, please bless this message according to your will be done, Father. Thank you for calling. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's subject is stacking treasures in heaven. And the object of the message is God calls us all to stack our treasures in heaven rather than to lay up wealth here on earth where moth destroy and thieves break in and steal and rip you off for all your material wealth. Subject stacking treasures in heaven or stack your treasures in heaven. The object is God calls us all to lay up or to stack our treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says in the New King James Version, you guys have your Bibles? Grab your Bibles, piece of paper and a pen, please, and take notes. Listen to what God has to say. It's not about me. It's not about us who stand on stage. It's about the Word of God being preached. May the Lord bless this message with sound doctrine according to His will and word. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Are you stacking treasures in heaven? Are you 
praying? Are you committing your works, your will, your ways, your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength to the Lord? God's real and God loves you. He wants you to know that. I say that all the time because it's the truth. It's what God revealed for me to tell you in 03. God wants your heart. Does he have your heart? Does God have your heart? Are you laying up your wealth, your treasures? Are you stacking your treasures, your wealth in heaven? Are you laying up your treasures here on earth? Where they could just be consumed by the fire? Or eaten by the moth? Or stolen by thieves? I hope you're stacking your treasures in heaven. Because it's God's will. It's not, my, it's not about my will. It's not about what I say. Unless I'm saying God's will according to his word, then it's important. My opinion means nothing. But God's opinion, God's will, God's word, God's way, God's holy way is most important. Your relationship with God and to do His will. God wants us to love Him with everything we've got. You know, in the Word of God... Jesus reveals, instructs, informs, tells us clearly of the two greatest commandments. The first greatest commandment is, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you truly love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind with all of your body, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And you're not gazing upon the things of this world. And you're not lusting after the things of this world. And you're not trying to stack up wealth according to this world. But instead, in the kingdom of heaven, saving souls, using your money to build the kingdom, to grow the kingdom, to expand the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even now to those 5% groups in the world where they haven't heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we call E3s, Evangelism 3, going into all the world and preaching the gospel and making disciples and baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those E3 locations, evangelism, where they're untapped, where they haven't heard the message of God through God's word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He who believes in the Son has life, he who does not believe in the Son does not have life. Do you believe in the Son? Do you believe in Jesus, Joshua? God is real and God loves you. Stack those treasures in heaven. I want to encourage you and motivate you in Christ Jesus. I pray the Holy Spirit encourages you, disciplines you, convicts you to stack your treasures in heaven. Unfortunately, many of us were selfish and we're wrong. We want to do everything our way. We want to serve ourselves first, me included. I've been like that most of my life, and I'm, that's one of my sins, and I, and I ask God, please forgive me. 
Are you selfish, self-centered, trying to get everything you want for yourself, do your own will? God tells you to do one thing, you do another. He says, turn right, you turn left. He says, don't do this, you do this. He says, don't covet, you covet. He says, don't lie, you lie. He says, don't steal, you steal. He even speaks to the employers about not paying the wages. He speaks to us Christians about robbing from God because He calls us to give from a pure heart, from a heart of joy and gladness to give unto the Lord. Are you tithing? Are you giving? Jesus confirms the tithe in Matthew 23, 23. He confirms the tithe. The tithe is 10%. It's a good starting point. God says give from your heart. Stack your treasures in heaven. You don't do it because you have to. You do it because you love God and you learn to love to give to God. It's a learning thing. It's, it took me 13 years to even learn the tithe. And then it's continually taken me every day to learn to love to give to God. That's me. I'm just using me as an example. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. You're not perfect. You're far from it. Your pastor's not perfect. He's far from it. But pray for him. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. We should have had the gospel out years ago to the rest of the world. In my opinion, there's not enough funds because in America, the average person stacking their treasures in heaven is stacking their treasures at 2% instead of 10 and they're not given above and beyond. Now there's a lot that are given more than what they, you know, even called what the, what the standard was in the Old Testament. And remember when God brought these guys up, they were already given. When Jesus confirms the tithe in Matthew 23, 23, everybody was already tithing. He didn't have to continue to tell them because they'd already been told throughout the whole test, Old Testament. It was a command to tithe. They were already tithing. I want you guys to know this. This is some biblical insight that a lot of pastors have not learned, have not thought about, have not had that opinion. Have not, and it's not about opinion, it's about the Word of God. We already know that they were already tithing. And then when Jesus goes and he says, you, should, you know, he, tithe, you should, he goes to the Pharisees and he confirms, he says, you should be tithing. But the weightier things, the weightier matters of the law, justice, faith, and mercy, we have to have mercy with others. Not giving them what they deserve. We have to have grace. Giving them what they don't deserve. And we have to have faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Huh? And justice. Be just in all we do. We have a lot to learn, all of us. You know, in this whole situation of stacking your treasures in heaven, we have to learn, myself included, when I preach, I also preach to myself. I'm preaching to others. I'm preaching in Christ and I'm called to preach by God. He called me here to the park and this is what he said to do. Whether it's empty or full, preach. In season and out. So, if we're going to stack our treasures in heaven, first of all, we have to be committed to the Lord and loyal to the Lord. Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord, God, Yahweh, Elohim. We have to be committed to Him. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our heart. His Spirit must be in our heart. I believe that. 
Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's very hard to give up money when you have a bunch of it. And it's hard to give up money when you have a little bit of it. But it may be easier to give up a little bit when you got a little bit. And it may be much harder to give up a little bit when you got a lot. It's all relative. And you give according to your gains, according to what God gives you. The millionaire is going to give much more, it would seem, than the person that's in the park that has no dough. But you know, when the lady was giving and she gave her two mites and it was like a penny or two, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, she gave more than the rich, than the others. She gave all she had, whereas maybe the millionaire only gave $100,000. But she had two mites and she gave it all. Let that be a lesson to all of us. That we would all seek the Lord. We would all give. And we would all stack our treasures in heaven. The examples are there in the Bible. The, the truth is there in the Bible. The word of God speaks the truth. We have it there. So what we want to do is learn to put God first. We want to learn to put others second. And we want to learn to put ourselves third. So it would be Jesus Others and yourself as an acronym, which I learned, God used a brother of mine in Christ to teach me this. I should have known this years ago, but, you know, it's kind of cool to know about joy, joy, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and yourself. Here's a little nugget. I hope uh, this will help you keep all things in perspective in your life. If by faith we'll focus on Jesus Christ through the reading and understanding of, of the Word of God, then God will lead us in righteousness. I want you guys to remember that the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ Jesus bodily. So as Jesus Christ walked on earth, the fullness of the Godhead, the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. The fullness, God is one. The fullness, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwelt in Jesus Christ bodily. So as he walked on earth, as he was born in, as a baby, as he walked on earth, and as he was crucified, and he died and was buried, the fullness of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwelt in Jesus Christ bodily. And the Bible even calls Christ our Father. He says, Christ our Father. When I was growing in Christ, it was hard for me to understand a lot of things from the Word of God because I'd hear all these different things, but I didn't know, so I had to pour myself into the Word. I had to call out on God and say, God, please tell me the truth through your Word, about your Word, and about Jesus Christ through your Word directly to my heart. And when I prayed that prayer, that's when God started talking to me. And I need to, as a person, as a human being, I have to pray every day and meditate on the Word daily and pray without ceasing and ask God, please... Help me love you more. Help me love your word more. Help me fall in love with you more. Help me, God, fall in love with your word more. Please help me. I'm wretched. I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I do not want to do. What a wretched man I am. Paul said, the apostle. Jesus... Our Lord and Savior, Joshua in the Hebrew, his character is without sin. Pilate said he had no crime in him. This is Pontius Pilate, the governor in Rome, said he found no crime in him. 
sin is lawlessness. That's lawlessness against God. That's a crime against God. And Pilate said, I find no crime in him. That was the crime of the world. But he didn't commit crime in the world, nor did he commit any crime or lawlessness against the Father in heaven. Jesus was perfect, is perfect, will always be perfect, and always has been perfect. Jesus, Jesus never sinned. Jesus didn't stack his treasures on earth. He stacked his treasures in heaven. Everything Jesus did, Jesus did everything in obedience to the Father God in heaven. Jesus saves souls in accordance to God's perfect and holy will. Well, Jesus is God in the flesh. And, and the Bible says that Jesus is the Word of God. God is real and God loves you. Jesus loves you. He's God with us. Do you love God at this point in your life? That's a question you've got to ask yourself. Is your faith in His one begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ? Is your faith truly in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you ready to meet your Maker? If you die right now and you drop dead of a heart attack, are you ready to go bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and know that you have a clear conscience so that when you get there, you're saved? God's, will, uh, God's calling you right now. He wants you to be close to Him. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to read His Word. He wants you to know His Word. He wants you to chew on His Word. He loves you. God is real and God loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. It's agape love. It's unconditional love. He loves you just as you are. In Galatians 3.8, and the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the Gospel of Abraham before saying, in you, all nations shall be blessed. We're blessed by faith in Yeshua. By our faith in Yeshua, Jesus. Yeshua is Jesus Christ in the Hebrew, as I mentioned. God continues giving us ability to stack our treasures in heaven. Stack treasures in heaven. That's laying up our treasures that God's blessed us with in heaven. Our material wealth. And we're to use our talents... Those talents that God's given us, uh, the abilities to do things, whether it's prayer, whether it's a, a certain type of a vocation, whether it's a certain talent to perform, to entertain, to preach, to share, to encourage, to love, to bless. We're to use those talents and bring a profit for the Lord. You know, God's given the opportunity to millions of people over the years that have been born again, I'm sure, the same opportunity. And maybe God's even given billions of people over thousands of years the ability to stack their treasures in heaven or lay up their treasures in heaven. Only God knows the exact amount. But I can tell you, God has a lot of people who love Him. Do you love God? Are your treasures in heaven? I found while living out uh, many of the roles, because we're all humans, but we have different roles in life. And there's different lifestyles and different callings, different roles. As some examples, you know, I've lived as a son to my mom and my dad. Also a son of God now since December 1991 when I was born again. Praise the Lord. I've lived as a brother, the oldest of five siblings. To my brother, Ronnie, Richie, or Richie, Ronnie, Tammy, Jesse, and Jerry, in that order. 
I love them all. I don't know if they all love me, but I love them all. And maybe I don't seem like I love them sometimes, but I do. My family is dear to me and they're important to me. But Jesus is more important. Jesus has to be more important to me. And Jesus has to be more important to you. You have to put God first, even if it hurts your heart because it drives out family members. Or you know that your brothers and sisters are supposed to be living a certain way and they live the opposite. I don't, that doesn't mean we're better than them or I'm better than them. It just means that some people are in God's will according to God's will and some people are not in God's will according to God's will. Some people are blinded. It speaks of families being divided. Because Christ said, I came not for peace, but for division. And it's something that hurts my heart because I always wanted to have my family even living in my own home, having a huge house and having everybody just dwell in that home, in that dwelling place. But the Lord is good and no matter what I do and where I go, where we go, where you go, we need to focus on the Lord and do His will. Stack your treasures in heaven, folks. Stack your treasures in heaven. I'm also a friend of many, a cousin, an uncle. Wish I could see my nieces and nephews more, but they're scattered all over the place. Unfortunately. But, God bless them. I love them. A friend to several uh, lady friends over the years. I had girlfriends. I'm not proud of that. I'm thankful that I had friends and that these ladies were great friends and I loved them and love them. And I pray for them. Even the ones that turn into haters. God bless them. I'm not mad at them. I don't hold a grudge. Even the ones that falsely accuse because you always have that. This world's a crazy place, you know. We have to stay focused on Jesus because uh, if we don't, many issues arise. So there's many roles in life. You might be a mom or a dad. You might be an uncle, a cousin, a brother, a sister, a friend, an employee, an employer. There's lots of different roles, but whatever we do... Or, you know, you could be a pro athlete or an entertainer or a doctor or a lawyer. You could work at the USA Gas Station or Bank of America. You know, you could work at, you know, any of these places. But, and we may love these things, you know, who we are, what we do, the roles we play, or live out in our lives. Either way, whichever roles that we do have to live out or that we're dished out in life, we do have to live them out, and I found that I want to live them with Jesus Christ. I want to live my life with Jesus Christ in my heart, and I do not want to live my life without Jesus Christ anymore. I just don't want to do it. Jesus Christ saved me. He changed me. And even though people accuse me of lies... Because somehow, the devil gets in them and they muster up lies in their head. 
I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe the nonsense that comes out of mouths of people. Men and women, old and young, the lies that come out of people's mouths when you're well known, when people know you in a city, in an estate, and in a country, the lies and deceptions that come out of the mouths of human beings are wicked. It's nonsense. I just I have to ignore it now. Because if I don't ignore it and just give it to God and pray for those people, it just it makes me sad. So I just turn it over to, to the Lord and the Lord will handle them. God is not mocked. Turn it over to the Lord. If He's called you and you're preaching the truth in love, you have nothing to worry about. You just live the life preach the truth in love. So, like I said, we may have these things, but, you know, these different talents, treasures, lifestyles, different callings, different roles in life, but we want to live them with Christ Jesus in our heart. And as we do that, we want to lay up our treasures in heaven. We want to stack our treasures in heaven, right? Generation X, uh, and you and your kids and your grandkids, I want to call and encourage and motivate you guys in Christ to live your life roles, to live your life out by your own personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you and God is real. God's real and God loves you. He'll bring you the peace and the joy and the satisfaction and the happiness and all the things that go along with life that you want that security, that love. You may not be financially secure, but you'll be secure in heaven, and you'll know that when you die, you've got the Holy Spirit living in your heart. He's living in your heart, and you know that Jesus is with you by the, by, by the deposit that God made in your heart, by the Holy Spirit. He says he'll make a deposit. He deposits the Holy Spirit in our heart. We know that Jesus is in our heart. We know the Holy Spirit is in our heart. We know that God is in our heart. Because God made the deposit and he told us he would. And then he told us he'd never let us go. And if we're truly saved and we truly believe in the word of God, we truly believe in God, then we're saved and we have that peace. We have that joy beyond all, that peace beyond all understanding, that joy from Jesus that Christians speak about that the others don't know about. We have that joy. We have the counselor. God speaks to us. God disciplines us. God loves us. He listens to our prayers. Are you a non-believer? Do you deny Christ? He doesn't listen to your prayers. He ain't listening to you. If you deny Christ, if you deny Christ, God is not listening to you. Do you want to repent? Do you want God to hear you? Are you tired of saying, why me? Are you tired of looking over your shoulder and thinking God's going to smite you and take you out? Repent. Repent in the name of the Lord. Repent in the name of Jesus, in the name of Joshua. Yahshua. Repent and believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Say it with your mouth. Believe in the depth of your heart that he raised from the dead. And you shall be saved. Are you praying? Do you have faith in Jesus? Do you deny Christ? Do you tell a lie? Do you preach a lie? Do you preach a false religion? 
God's not listening to you. He's not listening to you. The Bible says God does not listen to sinners. He's talking about sinners that deny Christ, that go on their own way and they do their own thing and they refuse to listen to God in Christ Jesus. He doesn't listen to you if you deny Christ. Don't think your prayers are being answered by God. They're not. You better repent. Time's short. Jesus is coming quick. He's coming soon. So I want to encourage you, Generation X, if you have Christ Jesus, by faith, I want you to draw close to him through the reading of his word and prayer. Part of prayer is speaking to God, but he also wants you to listen to him. So when you're done praying, make sure you listen. Jesus listened. How did Jesus get the orders, the blueprint, the instructions from the Father in heaven? Jesus is on earth. He listened. The Word of God is given to us by God through, of course, in Ecclesiastes, through King Solomon. According to God's Word, King Solomon was the richest king ever on earth. And Ecclesiastes 1-2, vanity of vanities, says the preacher. This is King Solomon. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. It's worthless. You look at the earth, it's huge. You look at the building you own, it's tiny, it's nothing. It's not even worth, worth wasting your life over. All this material stuff, as I was stepping up the stairs here to preach today, at Sea Park, at Constitution Park in Camarillo, California, I'm sitting here, I'm walking up and I'm thinking, I used to think, I used to look at the map or I'd look at things on Google Earth, like properties, and I look at, like, I'd go to Vegas and I look at the Vegas properties, or I'd look at uh, New York, or I'd look at uh, Cincinnati, or I'd look at LA. And I look at the structures and I look at the whole, the vast majority of all that stuff. And it's, it's huge, it's beautiful, the lights are gorgeous at night. By the way, God is the Father of lights. But I was, I was walking up here, I was thinking, no matter how much you own on earth, no matter how much money you got or how much you own, It's vanity. It means nothing. It's not worth your soul. It's not worth your soul, ladies and gentlemen. It's vanity. The one who acquired, the one that was the richest king ever on earth said it's all vanity. It's a chasing after the wind. A chasing after the wind. You can't catch the wind. It's a waste of time. Trying to chase the wind, in other words, is a waste of your life. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of your energy. It's a waste of everything you're doing. Stack your treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Again, King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 1-2. I want this to penetrate your mind. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You know, Jesus said to us in the word of God, now remember, take this note, Jesus Christ is the word of God according to the word. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Personally speaking, I found through uh, my own crazy life experiences over the many years, amazingly gifted 46 years, that most important decision in my life is that I obey God and leave every outcome to Him. God is in complete control. He's omnipotent. He's also omnipresent. He's everywhere. The Bible instructs us that He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere. He knows every one of our thoughts, every one of our hairs on our head. He's in complete and total control over everything that ever has been, that ever will be, that ever is. He's God. He's Yahweh. He's Elohim, God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. God is one. Elohim in the plural in the Hebrew. We are not omnipotent. We're human beings. God gives us free will to either choose to get into his will or to rebel and go against his will. To either believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or to deny Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have life. If you deny the Son of God, Jesus Christ, you do not have life. If you deny Christ, God does not listen to your prayers. If you have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you've repented and you've been born again and you stop sinning and you start following Christ Jesus by faith according to the Word of God, God listens to your prayers. Yes, you sin sometimes, but you're not practicing, hopefully, you're not practicing sin. Right? Right. Now, the Lord, again, knows all things at all times. The devil can only be in one place at one time and he can't read your mind. So God can read your mind. The devil can't read your mind. He doesn't know what you're thinking. He can try and sabotage you with thoughts and demons, but he can't read your mind. The devil doesn't read your mind. He's not omnipotent. Omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. The devil can only be at one place at one time. He's not the brother of Jesus. He was a created being in heaven, Lucifer, an angel, who fell because he rebelled against God. He didn't want to obey God, so he gave, God shot him down to earth like lightning, gave him a name change from Lucifer to Satan. Know it. Believe it. Live it. So God has total control at all times over all things. Again, we're not omnipotent. The devil is not omnipotent. He doesn't know all things. He can't read your mind. He doesn't know much. But he knows how to bring chaos. He moves around like a roaring lion seeking to destroy you. To destroy. Period. Just like Obama in the White House. Seeking to destroy America. See, I don't have a 501c3. I don't come under the regulation of the state as a Christian ministry, as a Christian church organization, as a Christian evangelism association, as a Christian church. It is not a law that we have to have a 501c3. In fact, a 501c3 is not a law. It's a tax code devised 
by Lyndon B. Johnson. After our friend, President Kennedy, was shot and murdered, Lyndon B. Johnson went into the White House and he devised a scheme to put a hush order on shepherds, on pastors in the Christian church across the United States of America. He put a hush order on them by devising a scheme, a tax code, titled the 501c3. And it states that pastors can no longer... Now remember, before this happened, before the 501c3 tax code was implemented and they signed their life away to it, they could speak freely. The 501c3 tax code takes away freedom of speech to the pastors of the Christian church. This is the truth. Do the research. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. It's just the facts. My background is marketing research, research and development, professional sports entertainment, production, the arts. As a professional athlete, I learned from the masters of the trade, starting at Disney, starting with the Walt Disney Co. at Disneyland in Anaheim, California, working with some of the best in the business, the best in the business, the masters of the trade, the brand, the CEO who handpicked us for auditions. The CEO of Disneyland came and met with us and watched us and handpicked the BMX riders with his son to audition in 1987 for the first ever live action sports and music production like Broadway show at Disneyland. And God opened up that door. I was riding bicycles in Camarillo, California in dirt fields and dirt lots and ramps, dirt ramps. I look back and I see it was all God. God had his hand on me. I had a type of faith in Jesus at that time. I was Catholic. Now I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I do his will. I used to pray a lot when I used to ride those ramps. I was praying, I prayed when I went to going to Disneyland. I've shared my faith in Jesus with other people. Not as much as I do now. But I had faith. I just didn't know who Jesus was. My faith, it was my mom's faith. I saw my mom have faith. She always used to say, total faith. You can have total faith, but you still have make you have to make the right decisions according to God's word. You can't have total faith and then just go out and do whatever you want. You've got to have total faith. So like I said, we have our faith in Jesus Christ. And if you don't have faith in Christ, 
You're floundering. You can pray to the trees. The trees don't do anything. They're, they're God-made. They're made by God. Stack your treasures in heaven. Pray to the Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, he loves you. And he'll start to talk to you as you start praying to the Father in heaven, the creator of your, of your soul, the creator of your body and your mind and your heart, the one that created you, the living God, the one that has that speaks, the one that hears, the one that speaks and makes things happen, the God of all creation, the one who loves you, you talk to him in heaven in Jesus' name, and he will literally begin to speak to you through his word and by the power of his Holy Spirit. Because he loves you just as you are. He loves you in the depth of his heart he loves you. Agape love. As I said, we, uh, we're saved by our own personal faith in Jesus Christ. We start to follow God by our faith in Jesus Christ. In Acts 5.29, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So a lot of men tell you, oh, buy this, buy that, buy a Cadillac, buy a limo, buy a Ferrari, buy a Maserati, buy a Honda. If you have this house on the hill, you're going to be doing good. And if you have this and that, you're going to be doing good. Well, all those things are nice if God blesses you with them. But if you have those without Jesus and you have those by obeying men rather than God, you're wasting your life. Like King Solomon said, it's all vanity. It's all a waste of time. You're, you're wasting your time on earth chasing treasures on earth when you should be stacking your treasures in heaven. Since God, Elohim in the plural in the Hebrew, is one who created us in his image, all equal at the foot of the cross to love him and to walk with him in him on earth. There's two ways to work as Jesus gives us breath to breathe and life to live by his blood, by his spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit because the spirit of God moves us I say this because the Word of God clearly instructs us that life is in the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ washes away our sin, past, present, and future. When we repent, we put our faith in Jesus Christ because He loves us and He wants our heart and He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to come to Him and bless Him and speak to Him and listen to Him and read His Word and worship Him and sing to Him. He loves us. He's God. He's the Creator. He created us and to have a relationship with Him. And when we work for money, it makes sense to the world to do so. But if we're not working for the Lord, we're wasting our time. If we're not working unto the Lord, we're wasting our time. And we can work for money, and it makes sense to the world to do so, to those who are spiritually dead and without God and the Holy Spirit living in the heart. Because they're spiritually dead, they don't know God. God is the invisible God. They haven't repented. They haven't read the Word of God. They haven't called out to God. They haven't tried to build a relationship with the true and living God who loves them so much just as they sit there and as they are, are themselves. God loves them just as they are. He just calls them, listen, I love you. Call out to me, God says. God sent his one begotten son to die on the cross for your sins. He sacrificed. Are you sacrificing your life to God by stacking your treasures in heaven or are you stacking your treasures on earth? I'm going to tell you, stacking your treasures, laying up your treasures in heaven is a much more profitable eternity. Because when we get up into heaven, 
We get to go to the Bema Seat Judgment. This is where God gives us our rewards for what we did here on earth. Now, we're saved by grace, not by actions or anything we do. We're saved by faith, by grace of God, the grace of God, by faith in Jesus Christ. But once we're saved, then the actions, then the works will follow in Christ, according to God's will. But once you get to heaven, then we have these rewards, okay? Because every knee is going to bow to Jesus Christ and the true believers. God knows who the true believers are. Jesus knows the true believers. And we're stacking our treasures in heaven. It's going to be profitable because we're going to be given rewards in heaven according to what we did here, our actions on earth. So the Lord is good and he wants to give us rewards. And we get that at the beam of seat judgment. I'm going to go on. I'm going to share something about my grandfather. My grandfather and Grandpa Frank, he stated me one time, uh, I was trying to figure out life in, in a certain way at a certain time in my life, and I was going through some chaos and some struggles and some question and some confusion and some doubt and lots of things going on because I was having my focus on things of the, of the world. I was having my focus on money, and I was surrounded by darkness, and there were things happening every day on earth in the world system, which is run by Satan and the Prince of Darkness around my life. And I was already saved and I already loved Jesus, but I was getting, I guess I was getting either surrounded or attacked by the enemy. And it doesn't feel good. So Grant said to me one day, Robert, some people live life for life and some people live life for eternity. And I'll tell you, that was the most prolific thing that my grandfather ever said to me. Some people live life for life, some people live life for eternity. And, and there's a difference between living life for life and gathering all the things and all the riches and all the treasures that you can on earth and stacking them here. And there's another outlook and another way to look at it is serving Jesus Christ, serving God, and laying up your treasures in heaven, saving souls, sharing the truth in love, sharing the word, uh, funding the, 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 the church and the growth and the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ and evangelism out to the world in your own backyard and then out to the world. The Lord wants to work through us, and He will if we'll let Him. We have to make a decision that when He calls us to accept the call to, to, to receive the free gift of Jesus Christ in our life, in our heart, because He loves us. It's absolutely true, and it's absolutely prolific what my grandpa said, yet he, he made it simple to understand, remember, some people live life for life and some people live life for eternity. Are you living life for riches now or are you living life for God and eternity? That's the question for Jesus in eternity. So it is true and some people do one or the other or people do do one or the other. And that's sad to me that people would actually deny Christ and die and go and choose hell and burn in hell when they die. But it's true, it happens. My grandpa, he chose hard work Slave labor as a pool man for 40 years after leaving the Technicolor Corporation located in the Los Angeles, California area. God blessed him with work of his hands, and he worked hard and long. Uh, in the end, his body died like all of us, but I have faith that by faith in Jesus Christ, he went to heaven. Gramps was the one that uh, gave me my first Bible on tape. That was an inheritance from my grandma, from his mom, and she was a believer. Something that was kind of cool, I found at her, at, her, at her funeral that she worked, she was the uh, assistant receptionist, executive assistant receptionist to the Mr. Sears at the Sears and Roebuck Corporation, the Sears Corporation. Grandma, Victoria, was ha, a servant 
to the owner of Sears, the founder of Sears Corporation, Sears and Roebuck. I thought that was quite amazing. Praise the Lord. Guys, we all have a choice to love God first and to serve God alone and everything else, let it come as it may. Are you going to do that? Are you going to serve God first? Are you going to stack your treasures in heaven? Are you going to serve yourself? Are you going to be full of joy, Jesus, others, and yourself? Or are you going to put yourself first? I'm going to tell you the streets are rough and many people have issues. All people have some sort of issue. If anybody tells you they don't have an issue, man or woman, they're lying to you. Emotional, spiritual, psychological, whatever. It's always going to be people that are harping on you, judging you, criticizing you, hating you, whatever. Just make sure that you're serving the Lord and do His will. Don't focus on the people. Don't focus on the created. Don't serve the created. Don't worship the created. Serve God. Worship God in heaven and He'll see you through. He loves you. <coughs> Excuse me. So the streets are rough, like I said. Whether somebody has a home or they're homeless, they all have issues. We all have issues. Rich or poor, slave or free, we all have issues. And remember, do not take the mark of the beast. If there's any pastor or preacher that is telling you that you can be a Christian and take the mark of the beast and then afterwards be saved, he is lying to you. He is not telling the truth. He's a false prophet. He's a false teacher. He's a false religious leader. Do not take the mark of the beast. The Bible is clear on that in Revelation. You can go look that up yourself. Unless you want to burn in hell, don't take the mark of the beast. Because you will burn in hell if you take the mark of the beast. I'm telling you the truth in love. I'm not mad at you. I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you, if you take the mark of the beast, you will die. And you condemn yourself. You choose hell if you do that. It's clear in the Bible. You can either accept it or you can deny it. But remember, if you deny it, you're in big trouble. With that said, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Wow. That's heavy. God hates evil. He hates arrogance. And he hates the perverse mouth. I've had all those in my life. I'm hoping and praying that God removes those from my life completely. I probably have a little bit of all that in my life. I don't practice. I try not to practice it. My mouth needs some work. I pray right now that God help me with my mouth and my tongue that I would speak holy and pure. And I pray he does the same for you. Psalm 26.5, I have hated the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. Do you hate the assembly of evildoers? Will you not sit with the wicked? God calls you to hate the assembly of evil doers. And do not sit with the wicked. Somebody using corruption to make money? Is somebody using wickedness and schemes to make money? Are they not just scales? Are they ripping people off to make money? in politics, in business, in professional sports, entertainment, music, Hollywood. That's wicked. That's evildoers. 
They can do it legit. Or at least at one time they could. It's so corrupt now. The world is so lawless that I don't know if anybody in business in the United States of America at this point can compete and be blessed. I don't know. Maybe God knows. God, obviously not maybe. God knows for sure. But I don't know. I don't know if anybody can get in business now at these end times because of the lawlessness that's prevailing. It seems like everybody in business is lying, cheating, and stealing to make a dollar. That's what it seems like to me. Even the ones that say they're Christians. Even the ones that say they're Christians. Take that to the Lord. Amos 5.15, hate evil, love good. Establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Luke 6.22, blessed are you when men hate you and when ye exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. I feel this one verse all the time in my heart, in my emotions, in my mind, in my life. People exclude me, happens all the time. People revile me, happens all the time. People despise me, even my own pastors have done this. Happens a lot. People put me down, happens all the time. People hate me, happens all the time. Because I'm a Christian. In the public eye, always doing my best to serve God, so I try, and by, the, by dying to myself, picking up my cross and following Jesus, and to speak the truth in love. I make mistakes. But I'm not usually criticized for making those mistakes. But for the bold stance I take on the word of God with truth in love by faith in Jesus Christ. It's for my bold stance with Jesus Christ, the word of God, that I get persecuted for. It's not for the mistakes typically. It's typically because I'm hard-headed like Flint for the word of God. God made me hard-headed like Flint for the word of God. Praise the Lord. I'm passionate for his word. I'm not angry. This is my voice. I love God. God is real. and God loves you. Romans 12, 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. I work for Jesus. Christ. And God spoke to me through his Holy Spirit and said to me two major things. Preach and God will provide. Preach and God will bring the people. So with that said, as I stack up my treasures in heaven, because that's all I have to do that's left on earth to do is to stack my treasures in heaven, to serve God. One reason to live, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Preach the word of God, the gospel. Bring it to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, go and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father. God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. God is one. The Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, Elohim. As I go and do that, I stack my treasures in heaven. I can't stack treasures on earth. If God gives me treasures on earth, so be it. Praise the Lord. If I'm broken living the street, so be it. Praise the Lord. It's not easy. It takes sacrifice. You're called out, set apart. When the Israelites left 
Egypt. They were called out and set apart. God didn't bring them in and keep them in Egypt and have them eat all the food and have all the buildings and have all the business and the great food and the delicacies of the Pharaoh. He called them out, set apart. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Take it to the Lord. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Is your treasure in heaven? Is your heart in heaven? Or is your treasure on the created on earth? Is your heart on earth? Jesus laid up his treasures in heaven. He did not chase money. He did not chase sin. But rather, Jesus obeyed his Father in heaven and he saved souls. He preached the gospel. He is the gospel. He is the word of God. He did obey his father. He is at the right hand of the father now. He did die on the cross. He was buried. He did raise from the dead. He did ascend to the father in heaven, to the right hand of the father. And he's in heaven now making intercession for us and praying for us. If we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves you. He is real. Jesus did it. Try to build a worldly kingdom of riches and gold and castles and chariots and women for sin. But rather, he was holy and pure. He's holy and pure. And he was always seeking the perfect will of his Father in heaven through his personal and intimate faith with his Father through prayer. So Jesus prayed to the Father, spoke to the Father, listened to the Father. Jesus would get his instructions from the Father, from God in heaven. Jesus obeyed the Father's instruction by faith. He was perfect. He did this perfectly. He did this by faith, with his words and with his actions. Jesus saves. Jesus stacked his treasures in heaven. He saved souls. His investment was in the kingdom of heaven. His investment was in the kingdom of God. His investment was in his kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. He invested in heaven by stacking treasures in heaven. Not by stacking gold on earth. Or houses on earth. Or women on earth. Wives on earth. He wasn't married. He didn't have sex. He was pure, he was holy, he was God in the flesh. These people that lie about Jesus, they want to have you believe all this nonsense. Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus didn't overspend and buy gold. Jesus didn't overspend and buy property. He didn't buy huge buildings, castles, cities. But rather, he walked humbly on earth, serving the Father in heaven, walking in humility, and with just enough to get by, which actually goes along with some of which Jesus taught us to pray. Father, give us our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. 
It's a hard lifestyle to live for God and to choose God's will over our own will. There's people that'll tell, oh, you know, you can name it and claim it. You can be a billionaire and do and say whatever you want. You can be rich as long as you believe in Jesus. Well, that's a lie because Satan believes in Jesus. Satan is condemned. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lie that you can be this billionaire mogul that's a crook and a criminal. No justice. Blood money. Robbing, stealing, killing to make a dollar. And that you're going to go to heaven when you die. You're believing a lie. Satan believes in Jesus. Satan is evil. Satan is condemned. Satan is the enemy of our souls. Satan is evil. He's the enemy of God. And God drives him out by the word of God. Jesus said, away from me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. And in the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ, Satan flees. He's evil. Have nothing to do with Satan. Worship God and Jesus Christ by faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit. By faith we can do it. It says in the Word, God tells us in the Word, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Not some, not a few, not a hundred, not a million. All things through Christ who strengthens me. I have to believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. In the depth of my heart that He raised from the dead. The power of God raised Him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of God. You have to die to yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus. Jesus is our example from the Lord God Almighty. Jesus died to himself. He picked up his cross. He was crucified. He didn't want to be. He didn't want to die on the cross. He didn't want to be spat on. He didn't want to be humiliated. He didn't want to go through the mock trial. He didn't want to go through all the nonsense and the lies and the false accusations and dying on the cross and being nailed to the cross. He didn't want to do it. But he sacrificed his life for the sins of the world. He gave his blood, but he, number one, obeyed the Father in heaven. For the Christian's lifestyle, it's not about how much we do, how much we give, how much this, how much that. It's about obeying God, the Father in heaven, by faith in Jesus Christ. It's about obeying God. I want to encourage you. To obey God because he loves you and he's real and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. So you have to die to yourself. You have to pick up your cross and you have to follow Jesus. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If you're in darkness, if you're in sin and you want to be forgiven, if you will repent by faith in Jesus Christ and say with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and believe in the depth of your heart that He raised from the dead, you shall be saved and His blood will wash away all your sins from the past. So right now, looking back, all that sin, all that stuff that's weighing you down, that's hurting your stomach, all that guilt, all that conviction of your nastiness and your wickedness and your evil sin and corruption will all be washed away and Jesus Christ will give you joy. He'll give you peace. He'll give you forgiveness. 
He'll make you happy. Now, that happy is from happen means. I understand that. But he creates positions for you to be in to be happy because you have the joy in your life and the peace that comes beyond all understanding. And when we're stacking our treasures in heaven, we're in obedience to God. We have a clear conscience with God so we can pray and we can stay in fellowship with God. Jesus always had a clear conscience. Jesus had a clear conscience at all times. He always has and he always will be. This is a characteristic of Jesus that I've never heard other pastors preach. Maybe they have, but I believe the Holy Spirit has given me this through His insight from the secrets from the kingdom of heaven. I'm sure there's been others that have taught this because we're thousands of years old, if not more. But Jesus kept a clear conscience at all times. The Bible says, He tells us, God tells us, keep a clear conscience so you can pray. So remember, stack your treasures in heaven. God is real and God loves you. If you really love God, you're going to lay up your treasures in heaven. This is Robert Smart with BMX Ministry. May the Lord bless you and keep you, beloved, forever and ever. Amen.